teaching in Korea, I had to break it to all the kids that fans don't kill you. Living in Korea, everyone believes that if you go to bed in a room with a closed door and a, an electric fan, you'll die. I think I told you before the big process of how I proved to them that a fan wouldn't kill you rather than just turning a fan on. But the we like kinda, science behind yeah, it. Yeah, we broke it down in a lot of different ways. And then at the end, I felt kind of bad because like... It seemed like I kind of hurt everyone's feelings mm -hmm. by telling them something they believed in was just, just false. But I thought this was a good case because, like, it's helping them. You're not going to die at night if you just leave a fan on. It won't kill you. So maybe they'll be worried about death a little less, so that's probably good. But I always thought, like, what do I believe in that's fundamentally incorrect? There must be something. And there's probably just something I don't know That's because it's just so accepted mm -hmm. by either my family or my peer group or just where I live regionally and then I'll just be believing something that's false. That's why I also have like a very annoying tendency when anyone tells me anything I always like look into it and they're like really? <laughs> Even if it seems very legitimate I tend it's to look into annoying, everything. It's not annoying it's thorough. Yeah and I wondered like what it would feel like to have something you believe just be wrong and today I, I Got to find out. I wondered where this story was going. <laughs> I got to find out something I've believed for my entire life. Is you not blew true. my mind with it too. Because you believe it as well. Yes. And I dare to say many of our peers believe it as well. Mm -hmm. If you are going through files quickly, what's another word for that? I'm rifling through the papers. Rifling through them. Oh, I have a big stack of cards. I'm rifling, I'm rifling through them through trying them. to find something. Oh, I had to rifle through my wallet to find something. Yeah. To search something small quickly. I rifle through my purse all the time for my wallet. That's not the word. It's riffle That's or riffling. stupid. I refuse to accept this. I kept hearing this on audiobooks, and then I was first time I just thought like, oh, they pronounced that wrong, and then the second time I was like, wait, am I pronouncing it wrong? Oh, it must be a, like a regional thing, and then today I finally took the time to look into it because I heard it a third time, right? And no, I've been wrong my entire life. A rifle is just the the gun, and rifling is the screw like pattern inside of a rifle that helps rifles be so accurate to make the bullet spin so that's what rifling is this is crazy riffling is a word which i did not think it was i thought this was also rifling but riffling is to go through something quickly that's... you riffle through it two f's nope i refuse it's the truth this is too were much. you one of those berenstein bear people too i don't remember i did think it was berenstein bears it is of course the berenstein bears it's weird see <laughs> I guess I'm a Berenstein Bears person. <laughs> but I also learned through audiobooks, which is funny that you say that you learned this through audiobooks, because I learned that it's clamber, not clamor. Like clamoring up a wall. He clambered up the wall. There's a B in it. Oh, you don't have to <laughs> destroy everything. <laughs> There's a B in it, and yeah. I had no idea. Did you know that? Well, when you said clamber, I was like, yeah, clamber. But then you said, instead of clamor, I was like, wait, is it clamor? So now I'm not sure. I thought it was clamor my whole life. Apparently, there is a B in it. But is clamor a word? I don't know. Is that a person who fishes for clams? Do yeah. you fish for clams? No, you clam for clams. You're a clamor. You're a clamber. <laughs> no, a clamor. <laughs> clamor. Anyway, that was a word that I discovered was wrong through audiobook listening. A clamor is, in fact, a person who digs clams. Huh. 
Oh, right. Welcome to an episode of I Love This, You Should Too. We started in a very strange place. We don't always do that. Not for this long, at least. No. My name is Indy the Riffleman Randawa, and with me is Samantha Clamber Clamber Hees. <laughs> Clamber Clamber. Yeah. I like it. How are you, Indy? I'm doing all right. I'm getting my mind blown consistently. Yeah. It's crazy. At least once. Words are crazy. Words are crazy. I, in fact, do listen to more than one etymology podcast. I'm very interested in I etymology. know you do. Yeah. <laughs> You're a very cute nerd. I love hey. it. I meant that in a good way, not in a bad way. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm still trying to come to terms with the fact that clamor doesn't mean to, like, climb up something quickly. I think you're thinking of climber. Anyway. <laughs> um, are you sad that the spooky season is over now? I am, but I know that the spooky season lives on forever in my heart. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> That's so good. Um, I feel the same way. Good. I'm spooky all the time. I watch Christmas horror movies. I watch horror movies in the summer. Oh, yeah. We're going into winter horror now. Oh, yeah. There's some good ones. Maybe I should do one on the show sometime. Maybe. At least some things of the week, which is what we are going to do today. Oh, that was like almost like a segue. That was such a good segue. I was like trying to come up with something to say and you just took it. That's good. what I'm here for. Thanks. So if you're joining us for the first time, today's episode, we are each going to have a thing of the week, a spoiler-free recommendation, and then Samantha's going to tell me what we are going to be watching for our big review next week. But first, Samantha, what's your thing of the week? My thing of the week is the Showtime show, The Tudors. Oh, I would have assumed you would have done this by now. So did I, and I was literally just, like, frantically checking the past show notes. No, I think you're correct. Uh, yeah, so it's a TV series um, from 2007 until 2010, so it's already a decade since the show ended. I honestly believed it was currently on. No, um, it is uh, got pretty high ratings on IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes in comparison to some of the things I've brought forward. <laughs> um, and it is horrifically inaccurate, <laughs> but that does not stop me from liking it. So if someone doesn't know anything about the show, what's it about? So it is about King Henry VIII, um, the infamous king who had six wives. He's in my top three least favorite Henrys. Yeah. Who's your favorite Henry? I don't know. Fifth. Oh, the fifth. Yeah, fifth for sure. Well, who no was, doubt. Who was his wife? Um, Kate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> If you gave me 10 minutes, I could come up with it. But I'm sure I don't, you could. It's not off the top of my head. Um, so if you have heard me talk about any sort of period drama or um, like historical figure in this kind of era, um, you'll know that I really enjoy this time in history. Um, I think that it's crazy the alliances and how little people's words meant and the politicalness of the church and everything um because we live in a time where we like to think that you're church... talking about 2020 no i'm talking <laughs> a time when we couldn't believe politicians and religious leaders were also really ingrained in politics yeah 
Have we gone back to the 1500s? Oh, in many ways, yes. In many ways, we have. Yes, the rights are... of women are not valued. And... Exactly. We're kind of in the middle of a plague. We are. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That's yeah. why I think I'm like so into this period all of a sudden is because I'm like, wow, this is our life now. Huh. Yeah. This is depressing. Yeah. Okay, well, you just talk about your thing of the week. I'm going to sit here sadly. <laughs> <laughs> Are you all done? No, I've got more. Um, so Henry VIII um, was a Tudor king who reigned from 1509 to 1547. Um, it was a very long reign in the scheme of how long people lived back then. And he uh, was very well known for his love of women, his love... And- Chicken wings, turkey legs. His love of drink, his love of eating. And um, he is the king who would have like seven hour dinners and just continue eating. And then if you've ever heard of someone referencing like vomiting and then even eating more, King Henry was the person who made that like fashionable. Oh, not to the Greeks, because that's not what a vomitorium is. No, no. But to vomit is to expel. Yeah. So the vomitorium is where people would leave the building. Yeah. Look, there's more etymology fun. There you go. Thanks for that. Um, but King Henry was very much in the same idea of going and vomiting and then coming back and eating. So he was a very, very large man who was probably very ill for a very long time and lived much longer than he probably should have. Given the means, would you live such a life? No. I think, I feel like I totally could. You totally could? Which people never believe me when I say like, oh, I would just sit home and eat all day long because I like eat very healthy and I work out and stuff, but that's not what I want to do. No. I just want to be home eating spaghetti all day. True. Very true. You're right. I've given the opportunity. I would probably just sit and eat and drink at home all day. Oh, wait. That was March through June (laughs) of this year. (laughs) Um, Yeah, those are good times. Yeah, they were good times. Imagine doing that, but not fearing for the safety of all your loved ones. True. That'd be pretty sweet. Imagine doing that with your loved ones with you. Oh, there you go. This is just a constant Christmas party. And having the money to eat whatever you wanted. Exactly. Although, whatever you wanted, it still had to be English, though, so. Yeah. It's a lot of pheasant. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of swan. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I find this very interesting um, because this era of like female power was really interesting because there was still very much the idea that women were kind of subservient and seen and not heard. But there is a lot of history of women kind of under the radar ruling their husbands or changing the tide of religion and that kind of thing. So I think it's really interesting to kind of watch uh, some of these shows and to see what some of these women were doing and how they were managing it. And also um, how they always seem to forget that they were being watched at all times. <laughs> um, because it's always a servant who sees you, tells you, and then you get your head chopped off. So just know that you're always being watched, like 2020. <laughs> whoa, whoa, man. And then you get your head chopped off. And then you get your head chopped off. So, Indy, what do you know about the Tudors? Don't say um, genocide. Well, that's, that's implied. <laughs> yeah. Uh, very little... I know like the the few stories because Henry the Eighth, that's Anne Boleyn, yep. right? 
so I know about that. But most of what I know about British royalty is from Shakespeare plays, so okay. I don't know this time period very well. Okay, yeah. See, and I, I'm not as interested in the Shakespeare times as I am in this time. So I, um, like I said, this is a horribly historically inaccurate portrayal of this time period but it's really pretty to watch because we have all the modern conveniences of like wardrobe and everything um king henry wears a lot of shirtless or like sleeveless shirts which i doubt that he did back then (laughs) (laughs) um so this show stars i realize i haven't even talked about who's in this show um so it's jonathan reismeyers as king henry Oh, yeah. wait, isn't King Henry like a big fat guy? Yeah, but when he was young, he wasn't. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. You, so he was ripped when he was a kid? Apparently. I don't think that's true. I think this is another case of like, who played Queen Victoria in that movie we watched? Emily Blunt? Yeah. That's not what Queen Victoria looks like. <laughs> and I don't think that's what Henry VIII looked like. I did preface this <laughs> with that it's historically inaccurate. But you just said, yes, that's what he looked like. I assume. He was young at some point. <laughs> Natalie Dormer plays Anne Boleyn. She was in Game of Thrones. She was Marjorie Tyrell. The one whose fashion you like the most. Yes. Um, she plays Anne Boleyn. Uh, Maria Doyle Kennedy plays Catherine of Aragon. And this series, over his 40-year rule, is four seasons long, and it covers every single one of his queens. So it's it gets a little brief and abbreviated towards the end of, um, like, the final two seasons. I think they pack four queens into it, but <laughs> it's just, you know, they're they're not as um, interesting as the Anne Boleyn, Catherine of Aragon, Henry VIII kind of love triangle. So is this one of those, like, sexed up versions of history? Oh, extremely. Okay. Extremely. There's, like, people having sex in hallways and, you know, just all over the place. It's very, um, like, lots of really low-cut bodices for no reason. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, just a lot of really um, promiscuous people in a time that was supposed to be very, like, religious and buttoned up. And they're all ripped, right? And they're all ripped. Yeah. And everyone's young and blonde and very, like, fit. And speaks English. And speaks very good English, yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you're looking for something to watch and not get super nitpicky about details in and just kind of get sucked into a story, you should watch The Tudors from 2007. Awesome. Well, if we're ever looking for something to watch and get lost in the world of, Samantha always recommends royal families of some sort. And then when it comes to overthrowing things, I always recommend royal families of some sort. True. That's where we intersect. But not really. <laughs> what you love to watch, I love to overthrow. Yes, it's true. Actually, because you're, you're a big fan of a lot of politicians as well, and I always just want to overthrow them. <laughs> yeah, maybe that is a thing. Okay. Who's your favorite cartoon character? You like Mickey and Minnie Mouse. I do like Mickey I and I feel like Minnie. they should be overthrown as well. Oh, my gosh. Because, I yeah, I don't care for Disney as, as a whole. And then the parts I do like are not Mickey and Minnie. They're, they're figureheads and Fascism. traitors to the cause. <sighs> Okay. The cause of good art. <laughs> so, Wendy, what's your thing of the week? All right, uh, everyone, like, uh, sit down, strap in. This might uh, this might take a while. So, my thing of the week is a man named Matt Berry. 
and you've lived with me for a while, but including this last month when I've been obsessed. obsessed? Yeah. yeah. So you often say like, oh, I'm obsessed with this coffee. That's like a thing like the kids say, right? I overstate things, yes. Yeah. So he's like, oh, I'm obsessed with this. I think I am actually obsessed with him. You think you're like legitimately obsessed with Matt Berry? I've watched and listened and read so much. You've been on a Matt Berry kick for like a full month. Yeah. So if you don't know out there who this man is, let me walk you through. So I started watching a television show called Toast of London, and I'm not sure who recommended it to me, but I always saw it pop up on my Netflix, and I decided, all right, I'm going to sit down and watch the first episode, and I just kept watching. It's three seasons, but like British seasons, so they're usually not very long. Right. And after I finished it all, I just started again. (laughs) I watched it through twice, not all in one sitting, but over the course of the last month. Right. And I'm not sure it's a good show. Hmm. I know I'm obsessed with it, and I think it's hilarious in a lot of ways, but a lot of the things that I think are funny in this show, I hate when they're used for comedy. Like, catchphrases are the, the worst thing ever. But then sometimes he says certain things in a certain way, and it's just funny. Hmm. And his delivery is hilarious. In this show, he plays an actor named Stephen Toast, and he's an actor in London, but mostly does theater. He's not a very successful actor. He's living with another marginally working actor, and he's also the uh, second greatest high winds actor in all of the UK. Because <laughs> it's really windy. You can't just throw anyone in there. They can hurt themselves. You oh, like so a... it's someone who can act in a high wind. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he does a lot of voiceover work as well. I have a little clip we can watch. In this one, for you at home who can't see, he's in the sound booth and there are two men on the other side who are talking to him and he's recording some voiceover work. Okay. Nay. Is that it? Yeah, that's all it says here. Stephen, you think the nay is probably meant to be the sound of a horse? You want me to make the sound of a horse? Yeah, I'm guessing the nay is just a rough indication. So just do the sound of a horse. All right. Hi, Stephen. This is Clem Fandango. Mm. Can you hear me? Yes. The feeling here is that it didn't sound much like a horse. What? Would it help that instead of a neigh, you could try a whinny? A what? Yeah, we think a whinny might be better than a neigh. What's the difference? Just do another horse sound. I think whinny rather than neigh. Whinny! Stephen? Was that a whinny? Because it sounded a lot like a neigh. Jesus Christ. Look, I got things to do. And one of those is not sitting with you two pilchards making horse noises. What are you doing? Just googling whinny and neigh. Oh, for fuck's Why don't you just bring a horse in here? Yeah? I mean, I'm sure he'd get a neigh it first time. Health and safety issue, Stephen. Sorry, Stephen. I've got this so wrong. It's actually neighbors. Neighbors. Yeah, it's my fault. The whole script didn't print out. I just, I just got a bit of it. You're an idiot. Are we rolling? Neighbors, returning to Channel 5 this autumn. Don't miss it. Every weekday at 5.30 p.m. You love him so much. I think that was very funny. His (laughs) his delivery is just... uh... One of my favorite episodes is the one where John Hamm is a guest star oh, and yes. Toast just falls in love with him. We watched this you one. You watched yeah. that one. So you've seen an episode of the show. What do you think of it? 
Um, I thought it was very strange, but it is. But like, it makes you so happy. Strange how? Strangely British. So that's a thing. Maybe I was thinking because I do think it's funny, but it also relies on things that I normally don't think are funny, but. For some reason, it cracks me up. And it's mostly the acting. I think the acting is fantastic, and his delivery in particular. Mm-hmm. But I think the thing that I can't really put my thumb on is that it's just really British. Yeah. And the production values are all just a little different. Not necessarily worse, but everything's a little bit different than what we're used to. Yeah, for sure. And in the show, there's also songs. <laughs> pretty much like one song per episode. Okay. And I like the songs because they often give away his, like, actual emotions and feelings. Because he's not a a sympathetic character by any means in the show. You kind of hate him, but you're, like, on his side. Right. But he's a dick. Right. But in the songs, you get to, like, hear little subtle vulnerabilities. And he's also a, a very good singer. One of my favorite pieces of music, though, is the theme song. And it's one of those theme songs that I thought was so good when I heard the first few notes that on Netflix, when it asks you to like skip the credits or like, would you like to watch credits? I always go like, yeah, yeah, I need to watch the credits because I would listen to the song each time. And this song was so good. I was like, I need to find out who sings this. Do you know who sings it? Him. Matt Berry. (laughs) Your internet boyfriend. (laughs) But this is that song called Take My Hand. Sounds like a mix of 60s pop and that kind of car commercial pop that was really popular 10 years ago that had a lot of like hand claps and things like that. Do you remember all those? Yeah. Yeah. Where you you have like clearly you have people in the studio like doing clapping and yeah. like, like, like all the noises from a and everything. While ago. Yeah. It's a good song. I like it. I agree. But then that made me start looking into other stuff. I was like, oh, maybe he's made more music. And he has like six albums out, maybe more. Wow. And they're so eclectic and all over the place. So maybe the thing about Matt Berry isn't that I love him, or at least that I, not just that I love him, but it's hard to figure out because he has such a weird mix of talents that Hmm. I don't quite get him. Oh. So then he has some songs that sound like a mix between a Chris Isaac B-side and a 60s cowboy TV show theme. <laughs> the man who mows the field, take a bow. Late September chill, take a bow. The foxes in the horse, take a bow. And then he has a bunch of other stuff that is like straight up 60s psychedelic folk. Hmm. So that's all really weird. 
And then he has some that sound like they're just movie scores and it's kind of just like dark haunting music that with no lyrics. And he also had an album that's just covers of popular TV themes that he plays. Hmm. Which is just a strange thing to do. That is strange. And then he has this one album called Music for Insomniacs, and each track is like 30 minutes, and it's just... I'm not in it. I just have trouble. Yeah, you have trouble. (laughs) And each song is like 30 minutes long, and is just like a weird journey of all sorts of different stuff. So like this one, you can tell there's a big uh, Mike Oldfield, Tubular Bells influence on it. This is the same song. He's just so all over the place that I really can't figure it out, but I've gotten a couple of his albums since, and they're quite good. I really like them. It's good. And I only realized probably halfway into my watching of Toast of London that I had just watched a movie that he was in about a month earlier called An Evening with Beverly Lufflin. Oh. And if any of you have seen that, you know it's a very, very strange movie. It's an American one, though. It uh, stars Aubrey Plaza, actually. Oh. Aubrey Plaza and Craig Robinson. Huh. And Matt Berry. Weird. So he was in that, and he was... Very weird. And I'd also watched The IT Crowd, that British show a while ago. Right. And he he's their boss for a couple of the seasons in that. Hmm. That show, I it's a little too sitcom-y for me. But I discovered this new show that he's in called Year of the Rabbit. <laughs> and this looks amazing, so I'm super excited to watch it. I haven't yet. But he plays a Victorian police officer in London. And I have a clip from that, too, because it's pretty funny. So all you need to know, this is it's a really tight shot. He's the cop, and he's, like, beating up uh, someone who is sitting at a table. Okay. Where's the girl? What girl? Where's the girl? What girl? I really don't know what you're talking about. How come we found one of her shoes out of your chimney, and there's a lock of her hair in your top pocket? I've never seen this before! Please make this... Look at it started, Chief. I lolly you out like a fucking Toby Chuck! Where's the girl? All right, I'll say anything! <laughs> Please stop. And that's just one of the things policemen do all day. Thank you very much indeed, Mr. Milson, for helping us. Now, who wants to see how we fish opium out of sailors' arseholes? And the reveal is that he's in a classroom and he was just beating up kids, teachers, for uh, a demonstration on show and tell or something Wow. Like that. And um, then they all raise their hands because they want to see how opium is, what was the word again? Fished out of people's assholes. Oh, yes. Sailors. Right, right. Yeah. Thanks for making me swear on the podcast. <laughs> I don't really understand this type of, like, comedy and show, but um, it makes me happy to see you this happy. (laughs) Is it too absurd or just not funny? Or I guess it could be both. It's too absurd and too British for me. 
What does it mean to be too British? I don't know. I don't either, but I think, I don't think you're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I think that I just don't get it. Perhaps. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like it it just feels kind of beyond me. And I'm just like, I'm sure somebody finds this funny. And it's you who finds (laughs) it it funny. Because you are currently giggling on your side of the table. (laughs) But a lot of those really big, famous British shows, I don't think are very funny. Like The British Office. Oh, yeah. Well, that's like a whole different type of comedy. That's yeah. just like cringe comedy, which I don't care for. Mm-hmm. But like the weird British stuff from the 60s. Actually, I think that's what Toast of London is a throwback to. Oh. Maybe not the 60s, but the 70s. Because the actors in that show seem like they're still in the 70s in a lot of ways. So maybe that show itself is a throwback to British shows of that time period. Interesting. That thought. would actually make a lot more sense because it's a very confusing show. Hmm. Not hard to follow, but why and how it exists is confusing. <laughs> why and how <laughs> those are our questions but the other show of his oh well i have there's there's a bunch because i also showed you one episode of matt berry does yes. which is just him talking about something for five minutes and my response to that was what the fuck did we just watch <laughs> <laughs> it was him just narrating a five minute documentary on ghosts but he posits that all fish are actually ghosts and yeah. then they if you ever fall down it's because a fish came a fish ghost came and tripped you which i thought was funny yeah it was pretty good uh he also has this show called squeamish about which is very much the same and i've watched a few of those and they're pretty funny but the one that i love and loved before i was obsessed with matt berry is what we do in the shadows oh because that's a movie i really liked Featuring uh, Taika Waititi and Jemaine Clement and many other funny people. Actually, know whose career he reminds me of is Jemaine Clement. I love both of them. And they both are very funny in their deadpan deliveries Mm -hmm. and like their kind of funny voices. And they're both very musically talented as well. Interesting. Hmm. Maybe he's the UK Jemaine Clement. In the show, What We Do in the Shadows... Matt Berry is one of the leads, and it's hilarious, I think. I really liked the movie. I really liked the show. I held off on the movie for a long time because I was bitter. Why were you bitter? (laughs) Because I had written a script called Interviews with Some Vampires, (laughs) which I thought was very funny, and it was like a mockumentary about vampires in the modern-day world, and like one is trying to live up to the standards of male vampires in movies and he just feels like he's not macho enough and then there's like a seven-year-old girl who's been like i've been seven for 85 years (laughs) and all of these kinds of things and then what we do in the shadows came out and there's some very talented people making it and i really didn't want to watch it because i thought like oh it's going to take away from what i'm writing and then i watched it and i was like i'm just not going to write this anymore because they they nailed it I'm not even, like, angry. It's just, it's so much better than Aww. what I had anyway. So I'm like, yeah, you guys did it better, so so go for it. But you're so good. You don't know. You've never seen anything I wrote. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I appreciate the blind confidence anyway. I do. I have blind confidence in you. I don't know how to feel about that, but I'll take it. I'm one season through what we do in the shadows, and the second one is all finished, so I'm just starting that. And if you're not familiar with that show, you should check that out, too. Even if you're not obsessed with Matt Berry, it's just very funny. (laughs) And those shows, of course, are about vampires, and they have big 
typical vampire personalities, but in this case, they're living in Staten Island in 2019. Yeah, I watched an episode or some of an episode last night, and it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Good. Yeah, I, I it seemed pretty good. So I, I could give it a chance, I think. There you go. Samantha gives it three pretty goods. <laughs> yep, that's my pick is The Life and Times of Matt Berry. Okay. Go listen to his music, watch his movies and TV shows. I think he's really funny. And I think uh, North America needs to get on board. If you need any recommendations, I'm sure Indy can guide you through it. And you can check the show notes. They'll probably have links to something. Exactly. We rambled about riffling for long enough. There's enough Matt Berry talk to last a while. So now let's get to the big reason we're here. Samantha, it's your turn this week. Last week I picked Night of the Living Dead. Pretty good movie, I gotta yes. say. So you are going to top that with... So we are going into a feel-good season of Christmas cheer and holiday fun. It's like the first week of November. Yeah, it's Christmas. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Christmas movies, let's have them. It's not a Christmas movie. It's just a feel-good movie. Okay. Do you like families? Half of them. I like mine. Okay. Yours is pretty good. Thanks. A lot of other ones are not so much. No, no, not so much. Uh, Do you like people overcoming obstacles and finding love? Mm, Sure. I'm going to say yes. Yes, I do like that. Okay. Do you like home renovations? No. <laughs> no, it's 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 a hassle. Yeah. Um, so this week we are watching a movie that involves all of those. Oh. Uh, we are watching Instant Family from 2018. I've never even heard of this. Can I guess what it's about? Yeah, please give me what you think it's about. <sighs> no, wait. I have uh, what I think it's about and what I hope it's about. Okay. So what I hope it's about, yeah. it's a very clean, sleek looking future and there's a very lonely man and goes to the store and he buys a package of instant family. He uh, mixes it together. It's all kind of surreal and you're not sure, is this actual reality? Or is this a metaphor for something larger, just like the human condition of loneliness? And he makes this instant family and we see him grow to love them, but ultimately realize that this is not reality. Mm-hmm. What I think it's about is a romantic comedy when there's like a broken family in one way or another and maybe two people who each have children get married or something like that. So there's a a family that comes together very quickly and there's a romantic plot to it. Um, You're like along the right lines, I think. Of which one? Of the second one. Aww. I was so excited. No vending machine families here. I want to write that. That sounds pretty good. Um, so it's from 2018. It is starring Mark Wahlberg Ooh. and Rose Byrne. I'm not familiar with her. I probably am, but you know me with modern actors. Yeah. I can't remember them. She was in like Bridesmaids and Neighbors. She's like funny and she's British but she's not British in this. Okay, so it's, it's not British comedy? No. Is is Stephen Toast in this? No, no, he's not. <laughs> That's a shame. Sorry. Not enough wind, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's a low wind production, okay. so they didn't need to bring in the big guns. 
Um, but one of your favorite people who you've talked about on this podcast, Tig Notaro, is in this. Oh, I do like her. Um, so it's a heartwarming story about a family of kind of strange circumstances and how they learn to overcome and love each other. Do they learn to overcome through hate crimes? No. That's just Mark Wahlberg's thing. Yeah. I know you don't like Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> you can't be angry at me for not liking a guy twice convicted of hate crimes. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that he's a great guy. I'm just saying this is a good movie. Uh, should we watch a trailer? I love what you two are doing with this house, but what are you going to do with five bedrooms? You guys are obviously never having kids. What was that look? I did not do a look. You're doing a look right now. There's no look. Have a good fight, guys. There's so many kids in foster care, and they're having an orientation. Ellie, people who take in foster kids are really special. The kind of people who volunteer when it's not even a holiday. We don't even volunteer on a holiday. Over a half million children are currently in foster care. The county puts these on because they can match a lot of kids and parents quickly. Look at the big kids. Everybody's avoiding them. I'm going to go and say hi. But they're teenagers, OK? They use drugs, and they watch people playing video games on YouTube. We're not equipped for any of that. Hi! Just FYI, we can all hear you. Hmm? It's okay. Go mingle with the kitties and uh, don't give it another thought. Bye-bye. She was cool. Lizzie comes with two younger siblings. Three kids? Too much. Oh, oh my God. God. They're adorable. Why would you show us that? That's wrong. Here we are. Make yourself at home because you're at home. Do you like the Clippers? Oh, I'm more of a Lakers fan. Oh, no. You hit me because I like the Clippers. I think the Clippers are awesome. They were smart for trading Blake Griffin. Their best player. Just stay there until the fire department comes, okay? You're just another white lady who wants to adopt charity orphans to make you feel good about yourself. Pretend, Mom. We might have a little bit of a knack for this. Oh. I beg to differ. <laughs> this stuff takes time. Lizzie yeah. had to parent Wanted Lita all by herself. This is never going to be easy, but with some structure and love, you could make your house a home. Please just go away. When I'm pissed, do you know what I like to do? Really? All right, let me fix it, okay? Thanks, Daddy. I just got my first daddy. Oh, what? I suck. I want some of that. Hey, honey, can I help you with anything? No. What are you doing to my phone? Look at what this boy texted her. Is this that kid, Jacob? Hey, I saw the picture you sent her, Jacob. You're lucky I'll end your life right now, <laughs> Carrot Top. We're going to call your mom. You're going down today. So what do you think of that, Jacob? My name is not Jacob. What? Okay, okay, okay. So, what do you think? I think it looks like a sweet, feel-good movie that has jokes that maybe don't quite land but it's gonna be like ah that was nice like that yeah i think that's what it's gonna be like okay (laughs) so when did you see this movie first um so i was in toronto i i was traveling with someone who was at a conference so i had a lot of spare time during the day and i just felt like i needed to do something because it was super cold and windy and i just was so tired of walking around out in the wind that i just was like i could go to a movie and kill two hours so i'm gonna go do that and i don't know what i thought i was seeing but i left this movie like emotionally wrecked oh wow and uh had to go like do some stuff to like make myself feel better because <laughs> i was it sad it was it was 
emotional. emotional. I want to see what your reaction to this is because I have rewatched it since and I cried a whole bunch. So I think I need to know what you think of it. All right. You just rewatched it as well, correct? I did because it just came back on Netflix. Or it came to Netflix. I think I also saw Octavia Spencer and maybe for a half second, Brett Gelman. It looked like it might have been him. Yeah, there's a there's definitely a few big names in here. There's Joan Cusack. There's Ilza Schlesinger. Uh, but yeah, there's quite a few kind of bigger names in this in the comedy world, and I think that uh, I think you're gonna enjoy it. Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> what did you What do you think? Do you think you're gonna like it? I don't know. I think. I try not to go like, oh, I'm going to like this or I'm not going to like this. You just kind of go in. I'm glad that I've been prepared that Mark Wahlberg's in it because I don't see why people keep casting him. He's barely one step above Jeremy Renner. And Renner is You hate Jeremy Renner. I don't hate him. I just don't get why you would ever cast him as a lead in something. (laughs) So you're not going to see the Hawkeye movie? He doesn't have much charisma. Hey, as your best friend Matt Barry would say. He doesn't. He's not a charismatic man. But this isn't the Hawkeye podcast. No, that's our this other This is podcast. about, what's his name? Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. Who the majority of people love. They find him very charming. I just don't see him. We'll see. I don't think this movie is going to turn around your thoughts on hate crimes, but um, I think you might be able to suspend reality for a little bit and kind of enjoy this movie. Cool. If you are excited and want to watch, it's Instant Family. It is on Canadian Netflix. I'm not sure about American Netflix. Um, It is from 2018, and it stars Mark Wahlberg and Rose Byrne. Who's it directed by? Some guy. Okay. I liked some of his stuff, but a lot of it's junk. <laughs> Hang on. And it was a Catherine, by the way, that Henry V <laughs> oh married. Of course, it's always a Catherine. I was going over the lines, and I was like, why did I think she was called Cat? And I think that's by lines, I mean, from Henry, the Shakespeare play. <laughs> yes. Um, Henry VIII's married two Catherine. Oh. Nope, three. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, we'll see you next week when we discuss Instant Family and how much Indy loved it and how hard he cried. What did you think clamor means? To, like, climb up something really quickly. Okay, yeah, that is clamber. But clamor is a word. C-L-A-M-O-U-R. Oh. Like if there's like a clamoring group of people, they're all like... Rah, rah, rah. That's what I thought it meant. Yeah, that's clamor. But to climb up something is clamber. Oh. And then there's also clamor. One who digs clams. <laughs>